the custom at crucifixions was to fix a placard on the cross beam of the cross indicating the crime of the condemned man. So it's clear what Jesus' crime was in the eyes of Roman law. The inscription of the charge against him simply read, the king of the Jews. We were reminded a few moments ago that Jesus was crucified between two thieves. But probably they were not some small-time thieves or crooks. They likely would have been bandits or brigands, perhaps revolutionaries. As one New Testament scholar says, at the center of Mark's picture and of his thought is the profound reflection that Jesus is dying the death that properly belonged to the violent kingdom people, the nationalists. So it is that the chief priests and the scribes who align themselves in that moment with the Roman soldiers in mocking Jesus say, let the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Because you see, they knew he couldn't be the king. No king. No anointed deliverer of the Jewish people would die at the hands of the Romans. If he really is the king, let him come down from the cross. What shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? Pilate had asked the crowd. Pilate had it right. They had called him king only a few days ago, in fact. Jesus died on a Friday. It was probably Monday when he rode into Jerusalem on a colt, a donkey, we know from Matthew's gospel, but donkeys were at one time animals worthy of carrying royalty. It was only Monday when Jesus rode that colt from the Mount of Olives, the panorama of Jerusalem stretching before him. He was joining the crowds of Jewish pilgrims going up to Jerusalem. Pilgrims on their way to the city where God had chosen to place his name where he had assured Israel of forgiveness, of fellowship with himself, of hope for their future. Jesus would have been surrounded by people meeting with relatives and old friends, singing and praying and dancing. There was great joy in the pilgrim convoy coming up the hill to Jerusalem. And this is Passover time. 
the memorial of the Lord delivering Israel from their slavery in Egypt. The themes are all there. Freedom, liberation, deliverance. They were waiting for the kingdom, the rule and the reign of their God from Zion. That's what they longed for. That's what the prophets had promised, was it not? All they needed was their king, their anointed one, their messianic deliverer. It was in that environment, in that time, that Jesus chose to enter Jerusalem and to do so by commandeering a colt and riding it into the city. Jesus is in command here. He acts like a king entitled to whatever he needs. Go into the village, he tells his disciples. Tell anyone who asks you why you're taking the colt you'll find there. The Lord has need of it. Because what Jesus needs, you see, is to ride into Jerusalem mounted like a king. This wasn't normal for Jesus. He had walked everywhere else in his ministry, unless he was in a boat. But this was all carefully planned. The timing was precise, the mode of entry carefully chosen. The animal had never been ridden before, making it suitable for a sacred purpose worthy of a king. Jesus would ride on a path strewn with cloaks. Only you don't spread cloaks on the road for just anyone. It's a sign of submission, of respect for royalty. The crowds were waving branches. Mark doesn't specify that they were palms, but other gospels provide that detail. Yet it's significant because palms symbolized nationalistic desire at that time in Israel's history. The point our gospel writer wants to make is clear. Since chapter 8 of Mark onwards, the disciples have believed that Jesus is the true and rightful king of the Jews on his way to the capital city to be hailed as such. And this is the moment of his royal reception. And the crowd. We wonder how many of them would later be in the crowd Pilate addresses. The crowd understands. They cry out, Hosanna. It's a Hebrew word, a mix of exuberant praise and prayer. Prayer that God will save his people and do so right away. Mark 11 verse 9 says, those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's Jesus they're talking about. He's the one who comes in the name of the Lord, only this is a quote, of course. This is a verse from Psalm 118. 
18, parts of which we read earlier in the service, even used as our opening acclamation. Psalm 118 was probably meant to be addressed to a king as he approached the temple. And here now was the one who, under the authority of the Lord, was coming as the king. Could it be the one of whom Isaiah said, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom? That's the Christ they see. That's what they were saying. The king is here. Mark chapter 11, verse 10. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. The king of Israel is entering his city. Just wait, just wait and see what he will do. Only that's the problem. He didn't do it. Jesus knew what he was doing when he entered the city. He'd chosen to identify himself as the king of Israel. He'd accepted their royal welcome. So where's the kingdom? Why is this king of Israel under Roman arrest? Why is Jesus so quiet? How can he be like this? What kind of king is this? Why, he's no real king at all. Unless he was a king unlike anything they could have imagined. The triumphal entry is in chapter 11 of Mark. It's no coincidence that near the end of chapter 10 of Mark, Jesus said to his disciples, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus would not be the sort of king that either Israel or the rest of the world were looking for. He would not be the sort of king they were used to. And that would be his crime. In the eyes of the Romans, Jesus was a failed revolutionary. In the eyes of those who had called him king of the Jews, he was a weak disappointment a false Messiah. 
Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked the crowd. It was only Friday. And they cried out again, crucify him. Crucify him. You don't crucify a king. Only they weren't. Because now they knew that this man wasn't their king at all. In a few minutes, we'll be singing the song, the hymn, My Song is Love Unknown. Verse 3 of that hymn goes like this. Sometimes they crowd his way and his sweet praises sing, resounding all the day, hosannas to their king. Then crucify is all their breath. And for his death, they thirst and cry. Palm Sunday marks the beginning of the final days leading up to the death of the Christ. By celebrating what the crowds had absolutely right, Jesus is the king. He's the Messiah, the son of David, the fulfillment of all God's promises. Here he comes. That's all right. And yet, we fail to grasp the nature of the gospel unless we see that it is precisely because Jesus was that king that he had to stay on the cross. Unless we see that this is his royal task, that this is what he's come to do, that this is the high point of his kingdom vocation. Jesus Christ came to Jerusalem not to set up a kingdom to battle Caesar, but to die at the hands of Roman authorities and Jewish, Jewish accusers. We call it the triumphal entry, but in fact, he would be a king crowned with thorns, enthroned on a cross, hailed as the chief of fools. His was not the triumph anticipated by the crowd that Monday afternoon. And yet, Jesus' entrance to Jerusalem does point to a triumph. One more powerful and far-reaching than anyone could have imagined. On Palm Sunday, we remember that the way to the throne is the cross. Jesus has come to die. He must die. In fact, 
This is what happens when David's Lord becomes David's son. This is what it looks like when the son's vocation given him by the father is acted out to the full. This is how the kingdom comes at last. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.